Hello and welcome to Generation Church of Independence, Kentucky with our pastor, David Mills. Like and follow us on Facebook at Generations Church where we live stream every Sunday morning. Now join in with us as we share in God's Word and we hope you enjoy. Well, uh, welcome to Generations. Uh, please do not do those. That is an actual spoof. For, uh, for most men that you see that, please do not do that to your uh, better half. Uh, today, but welcome. We're in the second week of, of staying in love series. Um, I feel like I, I told someone at first service. I got up and with the the band and the music and hearing what's going on in children's ministry, we could just be like, man, it's good. Like I get to hear this twice and sing it twice and be uh, a part of it, and uh, just feel blessed to to be a part of what God is doing here at Generations. One of the things that we're doing over the next few weeks is highlighting all the different ministries that go on here, ways that you can serve. And then um, to, at the end of March, uh, on a Saturday, the last Saturday of March, we're going to have uh, a training uh, day. So if you want to be a part of any of those ministries, it's going to give you an opportunity to uh, show up, find more about it, see if that's somewhere where you want to plug in, be a part of all the different ministries that go on here uh, at the church. So you'll want to mark your calendar for that the last Saturday in March. Do you remember the first person that you fell in love with? I asked that question last week, but I'm talking about falling in, w- in love with that, that special person uh, that you haven't met yet. Um, I, I remember it well, and you're probably saying you haven't met yet. You know, like the, the, the singer or that actor. I mean, you haven't met him yet, but you've already fallen in love. I mean, they just already have your heart. I remember uh, when I was four or five years old, uh, this is the first time I actually fell in love and had feelings for uh, a significant other. They did not know that. But growing up, I did not have a TV. We didn't have a TV in our house until about the age of, I think I was in junior high, around 12 or 13. Um, and looking back now, I'm thinking, well, my parents are actually pretty smart. I think we could probably use, I mean, that's, that was, I didn't enjoy it as, as a child growing up. But uh, there are days where I, I would like to turn off all electronics and say, go outside and play. Uh, but I remember we would always go over to my aunt and uncle's house. We lived close to them at that time. And uh, we would uh, go watch TV with them. And I think, I, I forget what night it was, but there would be a night we'd go over and have dinner. And then after dinner, we get to watch TV. And that was like a big deal if you don't have a TV, it's to watch TV. And so I remember the first time that I saw her that I fell in love. Her hair was blowing in the wind. I mean, you guys might not know. You, you might know. If you're a little bit older, you probably know. that The first person that I fell in love with was Daisy Duke. Does anybody know Daisy? I, I, got, I got to watch the Dukes of Hazard growing up. Probably not politically correct these days, but we watched the Dukes of Hazard and Daisy Duke. I mean, she kept all the, the boys in line, and she had that flowing hair. and uh, I mean, she was just beautiful. And at the age of five, I fell in love. Daisy Duke. And some of you have probably had that or are in the process. The, the person doesn't actually know it, but uh, one of these days you'll get the chance to tell them that you have fallen in love. And, and at the age of, even at kids and as junior hires in high school, the, the, the easy part is falling in love. We talked about that last week. The easy part's falling in love. The hard part where the rubber meets the road is this idea of staying in love. It requires much more work, hard work. 
to stay together. To We talked last week, really just to fall in love, you just have to have a pulse. I mean, that's, it's easy, and we've made it easier for people to fall in love with dating websites and different things, and the way it's, it's easy to connect, it's easy to fall in love. The question is, are you willing to do the hard work to stay in love? Last week, we talked about one of these first requirements for staying in love, and I actually even gave you a little bit of homework if you are here last week. You remember what it, what it was? Uh, the challenge last week was to make love a verb in your life, that not just to say that you love someone, but put, put skin on it, put action to it, that if we're to love, I mean, it's easy to say that I love someone, it's harder work and it's more meaningful if you actually show what love looks like. The good thing about this uh, sermon series, it's not necessarily just if you're in, in love and in a relationship with someone, but this translates to every aspect of your life, all of your relationships, with your children, with your mom and dad, your grandchildren, with your spouse, with your coworkers, with your extended family, your neighbors. What does love look like? What does that look like to make it a verb, to put action to it? And we kind of joked around this week at our house, is like, hey, I just made love a verb, which really means it kind of took all the purpose away behind it because we wanted to be recognized for putting love to it with a verb. But we, we did that. We kind of joked around, but we tried to find ways to love with our actions, to put skin on it, to put muscles with it, to, to move with it. Instead of just saying, I love you, that's, that's good. But what does it look like when we make it a verb? The good thing is that Christ gives us a perfect example of what love looks like. That we're not, we're not commanded to love each other and then just kind of say, figure it out. You'll figure it out because the reality is this morning, if you've been in love or you're in any type of relationships, whether it's a, a, a marital relationship or dating relationship or a family relationship or a friend relationship, we know that we can't do it on our own because we're messy, we've got issues, we bring brokenness to relationships, and there has to be a way, there has to be some teaching of what that looks like. And the good news this morning is Christ teaches us. He gives us the example of what it's supposed to look like. His love for you and for me is the pattern in Scripture that we're supposed to follow of this, what does it look like to live out love as a verb versus a noun? Um, the passage of scripture I want to look at this morning is found in Philippians, and it's, it's, I'm going to preface it. It's a tough one. We're probably going to step on some toes today. My toes have been stepped on all week, and so I figured I would just go ahead and step on your toes as well. And, uh, but it, it talks about what it looks like to put love into action. And not only does it talk about it, but it shows us and Christ gives us the example of how to live it out. That he's not just going to leave us out there and say, figure it out. He says, this is the way it looks. So if you have your Bibles or your devices, we're Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 8. Um, if not, it'll be on the screen behind me. Paul says these words to the church in Philippi, don't be selfish. We could just stop there, right? I mean, we're going to talk about love and our relationships and what that looks like with different people and our circle of influence in life. We could probably stop right there today and just and speak for 20 minutes on what does it look like to not be selfish. If we could just get this right 
in our relationships, we could be further along down the road than what we are now. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You, this is definite, this is black and white, there's no gray here. If we're going to be Christ followers, you must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. You must love like Jesus did. What does that look like? Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took a humble position of a slave and he was born as a human being just like we are. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. The first words of this passage, don't be selfish. How would that change things with the ones that we love if we could just practice that a little bit this week? Don't be selfish. The very first words. It goes on to say, be humble, thinking of others better than yourself. Uh, I mean, I... I I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the don't be selfish part, but you don't know who's in my life, and I've got some crazies in my life. And so for me to think that they are better than I am or that I need to look out for their interests versus mine, now we're getting a little bit crazy. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. In other words, act as if your partner act of those people in your, li- in your, in your uh, lives that you have relationships with, act as if they actually have greater value than you. Act as if your coworker has greater value than you. Act as if that troubling family member that you're having a lot of trouble, that there's a fracture relationship with, act as that family member has greater value than you. H- have you ever been around someone that's more important than you, that that you, you identify them, not, not that they say that they're more important, but you just respect them. And when they, when they, when they come into the room and, and you know, uh, like you just respect them so much that you would forfeit your rights because you respect them so much. And you're like hanging on every word and, and you trust them. I had, some, had someone like that in my life, and still do. Uh, when I was in college, I traveled uh, for the university and we traveled with the president of the university doing uh, some fundraising events. We would travel and do some recruiting events for the university. And I just, I got to know the president. He was, he was one of these presidents that, that didn't think of himself too highly, but would involve himself in student life and would involve himself in my life. And, and then uh, towards the end of my college career, I even had the opportunity of working in his office. And seeing him interact day in and day out and, and working with his uh, administrative assistant. And I gained so much uh, admiration and respect that, that I would trust. I mean, it, not in a bad way, but when you see someone live it out so well, you trust what they say and you admire them. And when, when they come into a room and when you're in their presence, you kind of just take the back seat. And your interests kind of fall away because you're so engaged in what they want and have. And not, not, in, a, not in a weird way, not in a bad way. I even uh, read his book, this, this is just how awesome he is, I even read his book this, this past month, 
and um, a lot of leadership things that I was reading, and it was just applying to my life. And I sent him an email. I said, hey, Dr. Bowling, I, you know, Dave Mills here. I uh, just want to let you know I'm, I'm rereading your book uh, on leadership and just, just it's having an impact, and it's really helping me with where we're at and, and our stage of the church and where I'm at as a leader and trying to learn and, and grow as a leader. And within, within several hours, sure enough, email came back. Dave, great to hear from you. I mean, he has, he has a lot of other things to do. But yet, he took the time. Great to hear from you. Glad to hear things are going well for you. Thanks for the update on your kids and your family. And man, if you're ever in town, make sure you let me know so we can talk a little bit in person. Here's the, here's the argument that's probably going on in our head right now. When we say treat others as they are more important than you, there's something that says, but they're not more important than me. We're, we're equal. I mean, God loves us all the same, and that, that is true. And you're probably saying, but you're asking me to treat them better than I do myself, and, but you, you don't know what they've done to me. He or she doesn't deserve it. And you're right. None of us deserve it. I believe that's why we're told to do it. If people were always good to us and always got it right, we would love people automatically. Like it wouldn't be hard to do. It would be easy to put others' needs in front of ours because in a perfect world that would happen. But we live in a messy world and we know that doesn't happen. So Paul challenges us to say, you know what? Don't be selfish. You actually need to be humble and put others' needs in front of your own. Don't neglect their needs, their interests. The way that you and I stay in love and keep our relationships intact is behaving like we're still in awe of the people that we started out in love with. That we give great value to our partner. That we give great value to those relationships in our life that mean the most. The reality is, Paul's telling us we give value to people that we come in contact with every day. Can you think of your most valuable possession? Some of you, I mean, some of you will know exactly what it is. Maybe a car, maybe a guitar, maybe a, a baseball that you caught, maybe it's a card, maybe you collect stamps. I don't, I don't know what it is, but you know what it is. And you love for people to see it, and you love to polish it up, and if someone's coming over... When you start having conversations, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to go and take them and show it off. The problem is we forget to do this with our relationships. There, there are things in our life that we value and we love and we polish and we take care of more than we do our relationships. And it brings a fracture. It brings brokenness to that. I don't know about you, but... I like being treated that way too, right? I mean, we, we, want, to be, we want to be shown off. We want, to, we want our partner, we want those who love us, those who are in our lives, we want them to still be in awe of us. And we want to be in awe of them, but life happens. And it becomes harder and harder for staying in love because we are not following after Scripture that says, don't be selfish, be humble, treat others the way 
that you would want to be treated, putting others' needs in front of your own needs. This is a hard one for me, putting needs of others in front of my own. Um, I'm sure my family would say amen. There's times I, I've, I've found, like this week, I'm learning more and more uh, that I'm starting to repeat things that my parents did at this age. Um, I'm learning that my interests are becoming less and less my own because as your kids grow up, they become more involved and, and they become more active with a lot of different things. Not bad things, just things with school and sports and all that kind of stuff. And I found myself saying this week the same thing that my parents said when they were driving me around everywhere. All I get done is driving around. I feel like I'm a taxi service. I'm like, oh my goodness, I just turned into my mother. Or maybe we would say an Uber or Lyft. That would be more appropriate for this day and age. But you're, you're willing to put other people's needs in front of your own, not because you have to, but because you want to. Here's a question I've been struggling with this week. Maybe it's easy for you, but for me, when it comes to this putting other people's interest in front of your own, do you express interest in your partner's interest? Or do you just tolerate them? I mean, we could ask this question about our children, our friends, the things that they're involved with. Do we express interest because we love them and we want to put their interest ahead of our interest, as Scripture says? Or do we just do them because we have to tolerate them? It's usually easy to see in relationships, whether you're really drawn and you really care about someone else's interest, or whether you tolerate it. I could tell you immediately what speaks to each of my family members' hearts. I mean, I know Valentine's Day is coming up, and I could give flowers and chocolate and all the other stuff. I could give money, but something I know that I could give my spouse more than anything that she would like is just to go on a walk and have time and to talk and spend just some quality time together. Is it my interest? Do I love to go hiking? No, I don't like to go hiking. But my wife does. And so do I just tolerate that or do I really value the interest or for my kids or for my parents or for my friendships or my extended family or my coworkers? Do you really take a vested interest in them, or do you just tolerate it? We talked about it last week. This is what mutual submission looks like. We have an example. Listen to this. You must have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took a humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Do you realize this morning that Christ's desire to enter into a relationship with you took precedence over his rights, over his rank, over his selfish interest, you took the place of all of those feelings inside of him. If anybody had the right to not die a sinner's death, it was Jesus Christ. 
If anybody had the rank to not die a sinner's death, it was Jesus Christ. If anybody had the respect to not die a sinner's death, it was Jesus Christ. But do you realize he gave all of it and submitted himself to you? To have a relationship with you. And so Christ's example confronts with this truth today. It confronts us. This is the engagement part. You and I, we can win arguments all day long. Some of you are probably really good at proving your point, and you can win. Some of us really want to have our way and become selfish, and we begin to destroy our relationships. Or we can do the hard work. Staying in love, I I don't want to put any... I mean, if you're in a relationship or you've had relationships or you're just in relationships in general, I don't have to tell you that relationships are hard work. You just don't stumble into a great relationship. So we can do the hard work and we can apply biblical scripture, biblical truth to our lives of not being selfish, to be humble, and actually to look out for the interest of others instead of just the interest of ourselves. To refuse to submit to one another shows ungratefulness for you and I for what Christ has done for each of us. It almost cheapens it a little bit because Christ has shown us the way. I mean, can you imagine relationships where husbands and wives are mutually submitted? Where the relationship came before personal rights? Jesus shows us the way. He says, you can have this kind of humility. I've set the example because I've done it myself for you. I'm not asking you to do something that I have not done for you myself. This kind of humility can change your relationships. It can change your relationships in your home, with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends, your family members. This just isn't for our special relationship that we have with someone. This is with all, for all of our relationships. It's hard work. And there's probably been times in your life, there's been times in my life where we're, we're ready to throw in the towel. But I believe Scripture teaches us that if we can live out this Philippians 2, the same attitude of Jesus Christ, the same submission that he displayed for us, chances are you can stay in love. Chances are you can heal broken relationships. In fact, I think it will change all of our relationships. It'll even change your relationship with the person that you don't even know. It's hard work. Nothing in life that is worth something, I think, comes easy. And the more that I invest in my relationship with those who are important to me, 
The good news is the more that you get out of them. And the more that you invest in your relationship with Jesus Christ, the more that he can change and mold and shape you and form you into what he wants you to be. Mutual submission. To have the same attitude as Jesus Christ. He has set the example for us. Are we going to get it right all the time? Absolutely not. Are there times we're going to be selfish? Yes. Are there times we're going to put our needs in front of others? Yep. Because we're flawed. We're human. But I can tell you, if you live this way more than not, people in your life have a little bit more grace because they know your heart even when you mess up. But if you don't put the time in, if you don't have the, the, the mutual submission, if you, if you don't show love as a verb when you go off and you are selfish and you're not humble and you put your needs in front of others, then it's just the same old, same old, and there's, it just starts to, the gap starts to widen. May we have the same attitude, Paul says, of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. God, thank you that you have not left us on an island by ourselves to try to figure this out on our own. We know that some of this can be hard to hear for all of us today because we all have relationships, whether we're in a, um, an engagement or a dating relationship or a marital relationship, whether it's that or whether it's our relationships with those who are important to us. those that we work with, our neighbors. God, what could happen in our relationships if we could pray for your spirit to help us live out Philippians chapter 2? What kind of impact could we have in our own home if we lived out Philippians chapter 2? I pray that you would help us. I pray that you would search our hearts today, that Philippians 2 would read over our hearts today. And if there's something in our life where we are being selfish, I pray that you'd point it out. Or maybe it's, there's, there's times where you're just putting, we're putting our needs in front of others. I pray that you'd point that out to us. God, thank you for showing us what it looks like to give your life so that we might find ours. And this happens in our relationships as well, God. I pray that we would mutually submit. Not to be trampled, not to be abused, not to be walked on, but God, you can show us the way, you can give us wisdom of how to love well, even in the relationships that are tough, even the relationships that are broken. I pray that you would help us Bring healing, if we can, to those relationships. Help us do the hard work. And you promised that you would help us. We give our lives to you. We give our relationships to you. We want to tell you that we love you. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May you go this week having the same attitude.
you must have the same attitude as Jesus Christ. Submit to one another. Love each other well. Put it into action. Just don't say it. You're dismissed. God bless you guys. See you back next week.